This is Panama Today. This is your host, Bill Wilbur. So glad you're with us. We have music here and inspiration, reading from the scriptures that are eternal, God's word. And when we read something like that, it brings new life and brings us in touch with the eternal. Is And that's what we need. That's what we need. Because everything around us is so flaky, as we would say. It fluctuates. It's here and gone the next day. But we need something eternal to latch our lives onto. And that's the Word of God. And that's the living Word of God is Jesus Christ himself. Panama Today is on the air. I remember sharing with a person who was going through a very difficult time in their life recently and saying to them, where would we be without Jesus? What do people do without Jesus? How do they go through some of the stuff that's out there? And uh, we live in a fallen world and we get all the fallen junk hitting us and hitting their lives and they look to us for help and many times there's uh, absolutely no answers. There are no answers to so many things. and. To come up with some little trite phrase, you know, and uh, some, even though it's theologically correct, right then is what they need is a hand to hold and someone to hug and someone to make sure they know it's praying for them and just standing with them going through a mess. And when we have that situation, we realize that if we didn't have Jesus, where would we be? How could we offer any help to anybody? In some countries, uh, without any faith in Jesus Christ, and uh, various home situations, even in the Western world here, that don't have Jesus in their lives. Uh, death or tragedy of some sort just leaves people in such such despair. Some of these funerals that you see in the uh, Far East and in the Middle East, there's such wailing and carrying on. Uh, it's because there's absolutely no hope there. There's a passage from Psalm 30, uh, 43 which says in verse one, vindicate me, O God, and plead my cause against an ungodly nation. Rescue me from deceitful and wicked men. You are God, my stronghold. Why have you rejected me? Why must I go about mourning oppressed by the enemy? Send forth your light and your truth. Let them guide me. Let them bring me to your holy mountain, to the place where you dwell. The amazing thing is that without Jesus, and without the power of God, we have no one to draw on. We have no one to go to. There's no other source. If the one that was running this world and who had created us, created us was evil, then uh, where, where, what would we do? What would we do? We'd be just in a mess with someone creating us just to torment us. But we have a God that loves us. And the God of the universe is one who holds things in order. When David wrote these Psalms, and in particular this one, it was a time when you're oppressed by your enemy, you couldn't go to the United Nations. You couldn't go to another nation uh, and say, hey, look what they're doing to us. We need an international court of law here. No, 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 no. There was so much brutality and uh, the barbarians were out there and they were sacrificing children on the altar and it was just a mess and when the power of God hit Abraham and the Jewish people were called into being this was this was light in a dark area and of course this was the beginning of the way to reveal 
the redemptive plan of God Almighty for Jesus Christ as our Savior. Would you just take a moment before this day goes any further and just say, oh God, I just thank you for your love. I've been asking you for things. I've been complaining about things. But right now, Father, I just want to say, oh, your love. Oh, your love. I can't understand it. So big, so amazing. Oh, your love. Folks, in Psalm 103, as it says, as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is your steadfast love toward me. The, the universe is so big. It's a way of God saying, hey, you can't get it with just words. How about with a visual aid here? How about you just taking a look up in the skies? How about you just taking a look at a diagram and seeing that you are on a little bitty planet and there's light years away or other planets and other stars that are so big and so bright. And yet you're a dot, but I love you. You're not even a dot on those diagrams, but I love you. And what would we do without Jesus? What would we do? Jesus loves us so much, he gives us warnings too. I think a warning coming from a pastor or coming from a mother or father or from a friend, someone would say, oh, well, that's just your thing. You're just saying that. But when Jesus gives you a warning, I think you should take it to heart. I think you should say, wow, the maker of the universe is telling me to watch out for something. He did that on one occasion here when the apostles, at that point, they were called the disciples. They were in the training mode. You see, their names were changed or their title as apostle was changed after the resurrection and the coming of the Holy Spirit. Apostle means to be sent, to be sent out. And so they weren't being sent out yet, really. They were in uh, training. So we still call them the disciples. Well, the disciples, it says in Mark 8, 14, had uh, been in a situation earlier where they'd seen bread feed 5,000 people They'd seen a few loaves do that, and they'd seen a few fish, and then they saw the same thing happen with a number of 4,000, and yet when they're in the boat, they're having a discussion here of whether they're going to have enough food to eat because they only had one loaf of bread, and there was just a few of them. And the, it says here the disciples had forgotten to bring bread except for one loaf they had with them in the boat. And be, in verse 15, here's where Jesus says, Be careful. Be careful, Jesus warned them. Warned them, watch out. There's three things there. Be careful, he warned them, watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. Those two things that they were to watch out were the thing of legalism, which was basically unbelief. That it was, you are gonna provide your own way to God and because of your goodness, God's gonna accept you and love you. and. The other is that of unbelief. The supernatural was not included. You know, there was the uh, Pharisees who were legalistic, and then there were the Sadducees who did not believe in the resurrection. They did not believe in the supernatural. So here they were Jewish people, but they didn't believe that God would do anything supernatural. So forget the miracles. So they were still hounding Jesus and say, give us a sign, do, us some, do something. And he was doing it right in front of them. But it doesn't matter when you got a spirit of unbelief. And so Jesus is saying, watch out for this yeast. Yeast is was in a good sense, as you put it in bread, would make the, and the bread rise. The dough would rise to be a nice loaf of bread. But in an evil sense, he's saying, in a bad sense, if you have a little bit of yeast, which is unbelief, and you get that going in your own heart, 
and in your own group of people, it, it will cause such unbelief. You're going to, it's going to grow, 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 and you're just going to miss God's plan, God's purposes for your life. He says, so watch out. Watch out. Unbelief doesn't even begin to take root here. And that's why he, they go on to say, the disciples, they discussed this with one another and said, is it because we have no bread? Why, why is he saying something like that? Aware of the discussion, Jesus asked them, why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Now, that's awful to say, are your hearts hardened? Anybody ever heard that word before? Yeah, way back when Pharaoh did not recognize the signs of the Lord and his heart was hardened toward the things of God. And then in verse 18, do you have eyes but fail to see, ears but fail to hear? And don't you remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000? How many baskets of folds of pieces did you pick up? 12, they replied. And when I broke the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many baskets fulls of pieces did you pick up? Seven. And he says, then do you still not understand? Do you still not understand? When he says about the eyes and your ears, where's that from? Well, that's back a few chapters in Mark 4 when he tells the parable of the sower and the four different kinds of soil. And where did that come from? That came back from the book of Isaiah. And why did he say that? He said, if you have hardened hearts, your eyes will see things, but you won't see them. Your ears will hear things, but you won't hear things that will help you to understand the kingdom of God because your hearts are hardened. You're going to see, you're going to hear, but you won't get it. Why is that? When there's a spirit of unbelief, you can stand and present something to someone, but they just won't believe. When I was working with college students uh, years ago, I had a dorm discussion one night. Amazing. All these students were coming back. It was in a men's dorm, uh, Union College in Schenectady, New York. And they were coming back from the library or taking a break from studying in their own rooms. And they were gathered in the lounge and popping the soda machine. And uh, I began a discussion, just a short one, about five, seven minutes about who was Jesus, and then I just opened it up for questions. And there are some typical questions that people always ask, and one of them always comes down to um, how do you believe uh, in God? How do you know there's a God? But there's a question behind that, really, that's going on in their hearts, and it's the whole thing of unbelief. So instead of trying to stand there in front of 40 students and give some kind of proof for the existence of God, and they wouldn't let you finish it anyways. They'd argue this, argue that point, be down that rabbit's trail, and off you'd go. And so I just tried to get through what was really going on there, and so I said, well, if I could prove to you there was a God right here in the center of this room, beyond the shadow of a doubt, would you submit and commit your life to him? Well, dead silence hit the room. And of course, that guy just, his eyes fell, you know, like, uh, well, no, probably not, you know. So there isn't any really point here of going on and talking about the existence of God if you don't want to know him anyways, if you don't want to live for him and submit your life to him. And it's only when a person begins to have that hunger and thirst for the things of God that you can lay these truths out before them and they start to make sense. 
Jesus says, if you don't respond to the light you're given, your hearts are going to be hardened. Now, we hear that word again and see the principle behind this of the four soils in the sower and the seed back in Mark 4. Of the first soil is a hardened path, and the word of God just does not take any root at all. And it says that Satan just comes and steals that away. And you see there's a spiritual battle right there from the beginning when this word of God comes to you that Satan wants to steal it from you so that you would find eternal salvation. There's a spiritual battle that's going on for your soul and for the souls of men, even as we speak this morning. So when Jesus is saying, don't let your hearts get hardened, watch out for this yeast of the Pharisees. Watch out for the unbelief in your lives. So it would come down to this. As you're reading something in the scripture and you say, wow, that's amazing. Okay, you may not understand it, but you're still enthralled with it. You still see the hand of God. You still see the miraculous. You still see the supernatural. You see, as opposed to reading, as example, the feeding of the 4,000, the 5,000, and you finish that and you say, I don't believe that. How could that ever happen? I don't believe that stuff. Well, that's that unbelief. That's that hardened heart. The seed falls on that soil doesn't take any root at all and because the disciples had just been through this experience of seeing the supernatural in this realm they've seen many miracles but now they've seen the supernatural with the feeding of so many people with so little bread now they're in a situation and there's only 12 of them and they got this one loaf they might say hey let's ask the master to multiply this well, we don't need all the, we don't need a loaf for everybody. This is all we got, but with the master, he can do it. So what's the problem? Praise the Lord. Let's get on with our day, you know. But all of a sudden, you know, they've sunk into this unbelief. What are we going to do? You know, we don't have enough food for this trip. And that would be the natural. But with Jesus in their boat, they're operating in the supernatural. They just seen the supernatural. And the truth is, Jesus says in other places, I will take care of you. I will take care of you. So stop worrying about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So before we go into this next song, take a moment and just say, God, where's the unbelief in my life? Do I have unbelief? And Jesus said to Thomas to believe. Stop disbelieving and believe. He said to other people as he appeared after the resurrection and in other situations, believe, don't doubt. So if he's telling us to believe, that means that's something we can do and that's something we should choose to do. So if we're choosing to not believe, what would that be? That would be sin. So what we need to do is say, Jesus, forgive my sin of unbelief. I want to be a believer. That's what Christians were called in the New Testament, and we call them them today, believers. I want to be a believer. Help my unbelief. And I confess my unbelief, and I renounce the spirit of unbelief, and I ask, Lord, that as a believer, as the Word of God touches my life, comes into my life, into my mind, into my heart, that I would respond, and much, much fruit would grow out of this. Thank the Lord. Bless his holy name. 